Hello, people. Welcome to episode five of the When in Yorkshire podcast. My name is Lucio, and thank you very much for joining me. Um, this week, we have Alan Raw, who is a very, very busy man. He's probably best known for being the presenter of BBC Introducing West Yorkshire, BBC Introducing Humberside, um, and if you don't know what those are, we go into it in a lot of detail. Um, but to summarise, it, it's the BBC's um, radio show that presents and promotes new upcoming music. They've had a whole host of successes um, in bringing some amazing artists to the forefront of the music scene. Um, these exist in pretty much every city um, in the UK um, and it's a fantastic resource for people that are looking to, to find new music and for um, artists, bands, groups that are trying to sort of get their music out there. It's a free platform and, and, and it's, it's great. Um, Alan is also the curator of the Hull Independent Photography Gallery, um, which again is, is, a, is another fantastic resource um, and something that doesn't get as much credit as it, as it deserves. They do all sorts of amazing stuff. Alan goes into a lot of detail, so I won't even try to summarise this because there's so much going on there. Um, we have missed the uh, the festival that he talks about, but that is a yearly event, so if it sparks your interest, there's so much information that you can scan back over and find out about um, and obviously look forward to the 2019 festival, which I'm sure will be, will be amazing. Um, we're going to loads of information um, and have a lengthy chat. Alan was very kind to give me his time. Um, went and hung out with him at the BBC Leeds radio studio um, late at night. Nobody was really around. Um, and we had a good old chat. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for joining us again. If you've not checked out the other episodes that are available, um, please do so. Um, give us some comments. Um, please do share with everybody that you know. Um, and if you listen on iTunes, I'd very much appreciate you to give us some lovely stars um, and some delightful comments. Um, we are also available on Spotify if you're using Apple now but decide that you hate them, um, as seems to be quite a vocal opinion of a lot of people. Um, then, yeah, feel free to, to check us out on Spotify. Um, and that's it. I'm, it's quite a long episode, so I'm not going to ramble on anymore. And... Welcome to episode five with Alan Raw. Um, so today I'm joined by Alan Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've just been talking before recording, um, curator of Hull International Photography Museum and uh, also presenter of BBC Introducing West Yorkshire. Yeah, and BBC Introducing Humberside. And Humberside as well. Yeah. Okay. And it's a uh, Hull Independent Photography Gallery. Okay. Um, I'm curator of that and uh, curator of the festival as well, Hollis National Photography Festival and Photo City London. Brilliant. So, um, busy man. Yeah, too busy, <laughs> really. Could do with some help. Anybody fancy joining in? Yeah. Get in touch. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, we'll start with the with the radio show. That's kind of how I first came to, to know about you. Yeah. Um, so, in, it's a, a show that in, introduces the the country and certainly local areas to bands that are local to to West Yorkshire and Humberside, um, a whole range of genres. I don't think I've listened to the show. I, I don't know, probably about sort of sixty seventy times over over the last sort of three years. I reckon you don't look too well um, on it. I'm surprised. Uh, <laughs> you, you seem to be surviving it. Yeah, no, I I very much enjoy it. Um, and there's a there's a couple of things that I that I think it's invaluable for. Um, one is that, and I think I think you might have even said this, and I might be just stealing your words, is that it's great for students who come to the area who want to know what's going on musically. I think it's a brilliant resource for that. You just, you know, you, the show's weekly. You can just tune in and just go, right, let's have a quick listen. Um, and there's no, there's no genre limitations um, I don't think I've heard of a, a more broad spectrum of music in in like an hour and a half um, yeah. as from listening to to the show, um, and and secondly, yeah, I use it as a source of inspiration to just go. You know what? I love punk and metal, um, and that's kind of where where I mostly sit. Um, very much like a a lot of potentially. Well, 
not avant-garde, but I, you know, I'll go back to things like Sneaker Pimps and everything but the girl every now and then, stuff like that. Um, and your show sort of brings me back to those things, just like, oh, yeah, oh my God, I'd, I'd forgotten I used to love this stuff and slap some Portishead on and stuff. You know, um, probably the, the, the band that I've followed most from following your show is uh, Snickle Fritz, yeah, which I, I, I would have, it's not something that I would have come across normally. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, a great source. So it's funny you should mention everything but the girl because on last uh, last week's show on Saturday night uh, for the Humberside show, yeah, uh, I had uh, I played a track by Sleeperman and spoke right. to Neil from Sleeperman who used to be uh, well actually every member of Sleeperman has been involved in bands before and everything but the girl's one of them. Right, brilliant. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's big big sort of throwback to my youth there. There's just yeah. so many everything but the girl songs that were. Sort of played at parties and remember trying to learn them on acoustic guitar to play at the beach and stuff. Um, so how how did you? Well, t- we'll take it right the way back. So, okay. in terms of your musical life, I guess, um, what's your sort of first? What's your earliest memory? I I was very very young. Um, I don't really know what the earliest one would be because all of my family are musicians. Wow, okay. I'm the youngest of five kids. Right. So uh, all the rest of them were already in the band, really. Okay. So, uh, my, my father had a band, an Irish curly band, uh, playing Irish traditional music, and uh, my mum sang in that. And so we all had to learn an instrument. I was the last, so I got drums. Okay. I'm surprised that wasn't earlier on. No, no, there were, yeah, there was flutes and uh, Irish whistles and guitars yeah. and accordions and other <laughs> such things before that. Um, so yeah, I got drums, and that was really good for me because you get to sit at the back, uh, yeah. you um, you get to watch and enjoy the show uh, from where you're sitting, and uh, and also you get to know. I don't know. You get to know something which is fundamental in all the music really which is rhythms yeah and so that's that's been my musical life really is is rhythms so i'm chair of the world drumming network i love being part of that and i just know loads and loads of drummers in all different styles and you mentioned that bbc introducing has a a broader range of genres yeah uh yeah it does because we're just a window on what's going on because people are playing all kinds of rhythms yeah absolutely absolutely um so do you, do you play now? I do. Uh, I, I only play occasionally now. Um, okay. I'm still the drummer in Celt Arabia, um, but I stopped being drummer in, in End of Level Baddie in December. Great name. Yeah. Great name. End of Level Baddie's great. Uh, End of Level Baddie's still <laughs> continuing, but it's just the circuit-bending, producing DJ creator right. uh, of End of Level Baddie, the man behind the mask. Uh, he's carrying on solo, yeah. uh, but the rest of us got a bit busy. Yeah. So yeah, no more drumming in any level, buddy. But I'm carrying on with Celtarabia, which I've been doing, playing in for a, a lot of years, which is a, a mix of medieval melodies and various Celtic-influenced melodies, uh, with all kinds of different beats. Brilliant. Like drum and bass and whatever else I decide to throw in. Yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Very sounds... danceable weirdness. Great. So that sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So in terms of your, I mean, I, I sort of always go back to this with people, but what have you got any memory of like car music? Like, what would you listen to in the car as as a family? Oh gosh, uh, it was always Irish music as a family um, because yeah, my mum, uh, my mum was very very good uh, at singing. She got lots of medals in all Ireland championships and things like that. And my sister similarly is the talented one of the family. She she got she got way more talent uh, in her genes than I did. She she's. <laughs> She was like all Ireland champion, I think it was at uh, eighteen, and wow. then again um, for multi- There's a thing called scurriot where you dance, do drama, and play multiple instruments. Okay, she she was a winner in that as well when she was older. So she lives in Ireland, uh, in Ennis, mm-hmm. and she's a fabulous flute player, accordion player, um, just a brilliant uh, writer of music as well. Right. Is is that where your family come from then? You... Uh, yeah, the west coast of Ireland, really, right. sort of between Limerick and uh, just beyond that. Is that where you grew up? Uh, no, no, actually, because um, they were already over here uh, when I was born. And, right. Um, my dad is from uh, Yorkshire. 
Right. The name Raw is uh, a village near yes. Robin Hood's Bay. It certainly is. Like growing up in Whitby, I have friends in Raw. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's quite a lot of Raws in the Whitby phone book. Yes. Yeah, there are. Yeah. yeah and uh, and yeah, so that's where the family's from. And Underwood Raw moved to Hull, uh, right. which is the sort of first big city you come to as you go down. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, my dad's very much um, Yorkshireman, but he he worked for an Irish building company uh, called McAlpines. Uh, McAlpine's Fusiliers, as they were known. Uh, so he worked with them and uh, met my mother in, in an Irish bar because everyone else worked there was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he learned to play uh, accordion and back to my mother in her music career. And we were all born into that. Great. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, in terms of getting into the, the, like the radio presenting and such, how, how did that happen? What's... Uh, completely by accident. Um, I, as is often the way of yeah it. yeah I, I mean I, I in my teens I, I decided that uh, I loved Irish music but I'd heard enough for a while yeah and uh, wanted to hear other things as well so even though I carried on with the Irish music and the folk music I, I started playing anything else I could yeah and ended up as a session drummer right. and um, and so I was session drumming drumming for ages and met loads of other bands mm. and because I had loads of sort of years of experience of festivals as well, because we used to tour festivals and play at loads of festivals, I, I thought, well, I could organise a festival because the bands around here really need one. Yeah. So I set I set one up in Hull called Impro, the Impro Festival, and it was improving opportunities in music. And uh, BBC turned up one day, and said we we would like to broadcast from the festival on this new mm-hmm. thing called BBC Music Live, which I was up for because it happened to coincide with us doing a, a world record attempt internationally for drumming. Right. Uh, so they broadcast that, which was brilliant. And I was the person who was stupid enough to be introducing the acts on the stage, uh, which a drummer should never really do. Uh, but um, I suppose I was the only one who didn't care if people thought I was all right or not. So <laughs> I, I was going on the stage and saying, you know, these guys are great. And the BBC picked up on that and said, you know a lot of bands, and you don't seem to mind shouting about them, so yeah. um, do you want to do this? And there's a woman called Katie Noon, who is a legend, an incredible producer, and she started sort of doing this at the same time as me. So she, she was my mentor, really, taught me how to yeah. do it, and is still the producer of BBC Introducing on Radio Humberside. Brilliant. And a guy called John Anguish, who's still the engineer, uh, on Humberside, who is an incredible sound engineer. So I was lucky to be put between them two. Yeah. And they looked after me. Yeah. So for the last 16 years, I've just been um, trying to learn what they do, really, and right. present <laughs> at the same time. Excellent. Well, yeah, you're doing a great job. Um, I'm getting away with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you feel. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's been there's so many people who are good at this, you know, and, um, and, I, and I don't pretend to be uh, one of them. And... Uh, John Peel was, yeah. is a legend to me, and, and I listened to him uh, when I was supposed to be asleep yeah. uh, on, a, on a little mono radio with, with a little earpiece in my bedroom <laughs> when I was younger. And um, and yeah, I, I've when they asked me to do this, the first thing I said was, "I know at least four people who'd be better at this." Yeah, and I pointed them in the direction of singers and front people from bands, uh-huh. and they said, "No, nah, you're doing it." So. The only thing I could think was, well, do it like John Peel does it. Yeah. Um, and because I could hear his voice in my head when I was thinking radio. Yeah. And I knew John because um, I'd been lucky enough for him to like a band that I was drumming in. Wow. And he'd actually helped us, played us on the show, on his show, and got us gigs in London. And he actually introduced yeah. us on the stage at a gig in London at the Garage Club and like, looked after us a bit. And he put us on telly as well, which was great. Because he, he, did, he used to do it a lot more for bands than people thought he did. You yeah. Know? It, it it's not just, just the radio, radio no. Nah, if he liked a band, he don't. Yeah. And so um, I thought, right, okay, well, I'll just try and do, do it half as well as John does it. Yeah. No, you say, um, I mean, there's so many bands that we've, that we've played with uh, throughout the years that all that take got bits of his back in and stuff and just it, it does seem that you know if he if he genuinely liked somebody that like you say he, he would make it known it wouldn't just be oh shout out on the radio everybody seemed to have some connection with him 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, he'd go out of his way to to let them know that yeah. it wasn't just the oh, oh this is my job I'm going to shout out on the radio. He seemed to have a, it's a yeah it's just a genuine passion for music and yeah yeah. There's a, there's a great band uh, from round here in West Yorkshire uh, where we are tonight and they're called the Wedding Present. Yeah. I, I never would have heard of them if John Peel hadn't played them on the radio. Yeah. And that was his that is his legacy. There is loads and loads of bands who people would never have heard of if he hadn't played them on the radio. No, absolutely. So is that is that your your sort of aim to find some people as well that Well, I just um just wanna be making sure that uh, I create a window on what is going on. Mm. And that's why we play all different genres of music because if it's being created in our area for our particular show then we really ought to be noticing that yeah. and I try to it's quite—it's not too hard for me because I was a session drummer for so long so many years I have played loads of different types of music Yeah. so I kind of have a reasonable idea sort of from a back of the stage perspective of whether something's any good right okay and um I try to go by that more than my personal taste. Yeah. And I think that's a reasonable rule of thumb. Uh, but I also like stuff that doesn't really have that much in the way of rhythm. Uh, because that that's quite a hard thing to have something yeah. that doesn't have rhythm. Uh, but I, I like stuff that doesn't have music as well. So I've just done a spoken word special for the third year running on uh, BBC Introducing on Radio Humberside. Right, okay. Because spoken word is you know, an incredibly powerful thing. Absolutely, yeah. And... You know, it doesn't have to have a tune no. uh, to have rhythm and have meaning and have power. No, absolutely. I mean, there's so many... I mean, I mentioned whilst we were setting up that, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time listening to podcasts uh, and yeah. that's kind of how this, this project came about. Um, and probably one of the one of the most successful ones, in, in certainly in the UK at the moment, the UK-based, um, is Scroobius Pip's yeah. podcast, The Distraction Pieces. Um, and, yeah, spoken word... And, I was not so much aware of until sort of people like Scroobius Pip. Um, you know, poetry has always been a part of my my family. Um, you know, performing arts in general, um, but spoken word, it wasn't something that was huge on my radar. And it really does seem to have have a had a bit of a sort of a, a surge in in the last probably in the last sort of eight eight years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, there's so many more nights that are popping up. Um, and it's yeah, I mean, it's becoming far far more mainstream. I mean, it's not mainstream, but it's becoming more into the public eye. Um, so yeah, that that sounds great. Doing it, it's a powerful special, thing. Yeah. It's, it's literally giving people a voice, yeah. or, or more actually, more literally, uh, listening to their voice. Yeah, uh, because they already have one. Generally, it's just people weren't listening. Mm. And we have a thing called contains strong language on BBC, and that's. That's what, for the last couple of years, I've done on BBC Introducing. And it's got, it has great value, it really does. There's some amazing stuff going on at the Warren in Hull, okay. um, which is, uh, it's the, it's a young people's project uh, for spoken word, which is uh, the Young Poets Collective. Absolutely superb, that work. Yeah. A fellow called Joe Hakim, who's mentoring them, who's um, another Hullensian, lovely bloke, <laughs> in, super talented as well. And he met a band called Life on our spoken word special three years ago. Right. Life have now done really well. He he met Mez, who's the vocalist, right. who came on the spoken word special to just read the lyrics of his tracks without the tunes and sort of see Great. if they stood up, which of course they did. And <laughs> um, and him and Joe became good mates because Joe was like the spoken word artist on that. And he ended up being the opener, introducing right. the band um, with the piece of spoken word on their tour and went to venues all over uh, that's fantastic and they've stayed friends and it's it's just great to see spoken word artists working alongside musicians yeah absolutely and he's done an album you want to check out with a guy called Ashley Reeks Ashley Reeks is a superb composer and Joe's done his spoken word sort of with the music they're, they're working on uh, some more recordings at the moment but just look for that Ashley Reeks and Joe Hakeem and you will find something extremely quality that sounds great yeah, absolutely. I'll put some links up um, along with this so that people can check some of these people out. That'd be great. Um, that sounds fantastic. Um, so, in terms of your, do you do you have a current sort of favourite genre or something that you you go back to? I don't know really. I mean, because 
you know, du during the day, I'm, a, I'm an art curator of visual art, and then on a night, I'm curating musical art. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a breadth there, I suppose. And um, I suppose I like new stuff. That's why BBC Introducer yeah. works for me, because I hear new music every single day. The BBC Introducer yeah. upload is always loaded with tracks. So I don't go back to much that often. Right. Because I've always got a great big stack of stuff that needs to be listened to, so yeah. for us to keep our promise. And I always have a bit of a thirst for it. And I'm an anorak, really, when it comes to new bands. Uh, I'm that annoying person. You probably went to school with one who said, oh, I, I heard them first. I remember, yeah. I remember hearing them when they were just playing <laughs> uh, phone boxes. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm one, I was one of those ones at school. You can legitimately say that on a, probably in a lot of cases now. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, I listen to them. I, I, I didn't. You don't want to hear some of the stuff that I originally heard of them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> but I have kind of got over that now. Uh, but yeah. I still, it's still somewhere in me that I am the person at house yeah. parties who won't leave the tunes alone and keeps putting what they want to yeah. hear on. And telling everybody to shut up and listen to it when they're trying to have a good time. Yeah, I've I've certainly been that been that person. I still you know I still stand by. I've got I can't remember. I remember. Ta um, I think I think I've I think I've mentioned this to, to somebody else recently that I remember going to Leeds Town and Country Club as as it was yeah. uh, in it must have been ninety nine or two thousand probably ninety nine to see um, Skunk and Nancy, who are probably my favourite band of all time. Um, and opening for them, they had Muse um, prior to the release of their first album. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I'd heard was, oh, they're like a bit like Radiohead. Um, <laughs> and then they, they came on electric double bass and smashed smashed out um, Uno, which was, was not like Radiohead. And I just, I just remember just getting the shit beaten out of me. Um, basically, <laughs> just the, this isn't soft like Radiohead. Um, and yeah, I, I, they, they've gone on a hell of a journey. Um, and, and also, then I followed I followed Muse religiously for for a good ten years after that, I reckon. Um, and remember going to to Newcastle Student Union, and I think I think the ticket price was seven pounds or seven fifty to see them. And they had Coldplay opening for them uh, about a month before Yellow came out. Um, well. <laughs> If you, where we are at the moment, in case people don't know, is we're sat in a BBC studio in Radio Leeds, and just through the glass over there, yeah. the gentleman who has as little hair as me uh, is Darren. <laughs> and Darren used to be producer of uh, the BBC Institution show here with me. And he uh, worked at a venue in this area where once he had to drive a little-known support band called Green Day uh, to the nearest McDonald's because it's all they could think of that they'd like to eat. That was brilliant. Uh, when they were playing in Leeds. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that completely trumps my stories. <laughs> well, that, yeah, Darren yeah. always trumps everyone I've ever had as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so, I mean, is there anybody that you you think at the moment deserves a, a, a shout out? Anybody that you you know that every time they upload a track, you you know you excited oh, about? There's just so many. There really is. Uh, there's bands that just there's artists that. And, I don't know if they'll ever get mainstream recognition. Mm. I don't know if they want it. No, uh, they, they don't. I don't think they're writing for that. And they, I suppose what will happen with them is they'll probably end up getting a a following who stay with them for a long time. Yeah, and that's that's nice. Yeah, uh, as long as they keep doing what they're doing. And you know, there's people like uh, Jody McKenna, who is a he plays his acoustic guitar and he sings his songs. Uh, if he just didn't put music to it, you'd call it very, very fine poetry. Um, but he, he does put music to it and he's extremely good at singing as well. Um, I, I don't see him getting any recognition nationally and he so deserves it. Yeah. Um, bands like Zozo, uh, who are just unique in their kind of jazz punk kind of way uh, incredible live yeah um, uh, there's bands like the Hubbards uh, in the indie world who have just uh, 
they've they've had that many great singles which could have been number ones in anybody's charts. Yeah, they could probably make four albums out of them. <laughs> uh, every time I've seen them live, they don't have to have they don't have to have any filler in their sets. No. Uh, their hardest thing is deciding which one of their killer tracks they're going to leave out. Yeah. Um, Fizzy Blood, we've just yeah. had on a uh, just on a Maidenvale session, done really well. Um, we've been playing that stuff on the show for a long time. It's been a long, hard slog for them to get the yeah. recognition they've got now. They've worked really, really hard and deserve every minute of it. I just hope it carries on from now. Yeah, um, there's just so many. It's, it's just um, who to mention? You know, Bianca That's... Gerald, uh, superb uh, singer, great writer, um, doing really well in the kind of. Uh, soul style that she has with her voice but um, she just did uh, goddess mode, hashtag goddess mode which was a great <laughs> track uh, and she's just brought out about four complete kill- killer tr- tunes in a row and I, don't know, I don't know where these are coming from yeah. you know? she's, how do you write that many what should be hits in, yeah. in, a, in a month um, I think it's because she's writing from her passion she's, she's yeah. writing about what she wants to say and uh, and, it, and it's all pouring out now, and she, she's she's got the means to turn that into great music because she's got good people around her helping yeah. her, who are also great, talented local people. So it's just loads. Life doing really well now. Um, been playing them for a few years, and uh, be, you know before that, uh, they were members of the, that band were in the Neat, and they were brilliant as well. So it's been a long, hard slog for them as well. But. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing really well well at the moment. People really need to get on that. Brilliant. It's just too much to mention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, and I think the fact that you're just reeling off names one after another there just just shows you know the worth that the show has. Yeah. Um, you know, th- these people that ne- wouldn't necessarily get the sort of public exposure to to whatever degree it is. You know, it, it's it's a real. I mean, I remember uploading stuff to the BBC Introduce um, site. And then when you find out that you're going to be on, you know, it's a genuine buzz. Um, and, you know, to you do, you know, I remember Facebook likes go up and things like, you know, all these little things that just, whilst they don't necessarily put that much money into, you know, they don't suddenly overnight you're not getting, you know, hundreds of pounds. It's those things where you're going, oh, brilliant. There's some more people out there who I've never met who have heard the music that I've, you know, like, like you say, that I've put my heart into that you know they've spent hours months years trawling the country and then all of a sudden through sitting in my sitting in my house all of a sudden all these other people have heard it and it, it's, it's a genuine buzz so it's i think yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really worthwhile thing and it's it's not just the show mm. i mean you mentioned you've seen a lot of these bands live as well and i know that yeah, you, know, they, you have the bbc sense. introducing um gigs as well as part of live at leeds i know you do that and there, there was the bbc introducing at, at leeds and reading festival yep. and a f- fair few friends that have, that have played that um again the you know these are all great experiences for for musicians to be given that opportunity um so yeah i think there's there's also so much great stuff happening with it well yeah i mean it, it is it is an opportunity for them but um i just had uh Smashing a fella called Tea Leaf live in session tonight, and um, he said to me, as many of them do, "Oh, thanks ever so much for having me in session." Have they not considered how dreadful my show would be without the music on it? Yeah, it would just be me yeah. and saying, "I still haven't got any tunes, and there's nobody in session tonight, but you can just listen to me if you want to." Yeah. It's not going to work, is it? No. So thank you, Tea Leaf, for playing in session for me, and everybody else, whoever else. Yeah. That's what it's about. No, absolutely. And I know that some some DJs uh, who do this kind of thing in even within the, the you know the mainstream and, and podcasts and stuff, it's a kind of about them. And this show could be one of them, but it isn't. No, uh, so that's not how it works. No. It wouldn't work if it was just about one one person or a team of people. No. It's yeah. about the music. It's about the artists. It's about the bands. So we absolutely need them. Yeah, much, you know, we need them as much as they need us, if not more. <laughs> we're, we're just fans, and um, all we're doing is kind of uh, cheering as they go past, and saying to people who are around us, "Have you heard these? Follow them; they're great." Yeah, and hopefully people will come back and uh, and hear us shout for the next one as well. Yeah. That'd be good. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, long may it continue. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. You know, and it's probably 
should should be said it's not just a, a Yorkshire thing. You know, no, it's national. These are yeah all over the country. So it's it, again, it's a great hub of you know you go to a new city. You, you know, how am I going to find out about the music other than flyers and going to a record store? Yeah. Stick stick the radio on. Find your local BBC introducing. Yeah, Saturday nights. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Saturday nights eight o'clock. Um, you will find something. And it, and if you if you play music yourself, uh, send it in. Yeah. It's a funny thing, people. People send me links to their SoundCloud and their, um, you know, every other blooming thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they don't put it on the uploader. <laughs> I always find that quite bizarre because they get in touch with me on Facebook or whatever because I'm not that hard to find. Uh, yeah. And they say, oh, I'm just, I'm just linking you in on this thing on my Bandcamp or whatever, which is great. You know, those things are good. But I say, have you? Sent it to the uploader yet? Ah, no. I, I thought I'd see if you liked it first before I did that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. I can, I can do that when you send it to the uploader, yeah. yeah. I mean, why bother setting something else up when you could just have done that? The thing is, the uploader, the point of the uploader is you can put your music on it and we're going to listen to it because we listen to everything on there. We don't yeah. promise we're going to listen to your SoundCloud, but we do promise you we're going to listen to it on the uploader. So we listen to it and. If we like it, we can not only play it ourselves, mm. but we can also share it at the press of a button with all the other shows yeah, yeah. that are on the uploader, like the ones on Radio One and Six Music yeah. and One Extra. So it's a lot. It's a lot more likely that they're going to get shared yeah. with them programs if they send it through the uploader than it is with me, you know, trying to find targets um, email so that I can <laughs> send him your SoundCloud link. True. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just wish people would upload it because it costs nothing. Yeah, it's so simple as well. <laughs> yeah. It is so simple. <laughs> you, you don't need to do a cover. You don't need to make a product. Or, you know, <laughs> any of that. Straight from the bedroom through yeah. the computer to uh, to our ear rolls. That's it. Yeah, brilliant. Well, hopefully, many, many more people will start flooding that. So that'll be brilliant. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. So, uh, photography then. Yeah, go on. So, um, in in terms of the the gallery, how did you get started with that? Yeah, oh, how did you get involved with I that? I think back far enough. Um, 25 years ago, yeah. uh, when I was, um, at uni- I was at university, I did uh, youth and community work, uh, community arts as my specialism. And uh, I, I decided that we needed to start doing some workshops and stuff because you kind of have to make things yourself. Yeah. There's very little resources, there certainly was then or even is now, uh, for doing community art. So we just started to amass bits of equipment between us, uh, various arts workers, me included, and uh, and was just sort of buying gear, learning how to use it, so we could teach the kids something new. Uh, so after a while, we had this sort of massive equipment, and we were all skint. So we thought, well, maybe we don't just do workshops, you know, for youth service and stuff. Maybe we go and um, try and do them other places as well at festivals and that kind of thing. So after a while, we you know got quite good at that. Yeah, and um, we started a not-for-profit organisation uh, between us, which has been through all kinds of different setups of being a cooperative, being a, uh, a limited company, a company limited by guarantee, a social enterprise. It's been all kinds of things as we've developed, and yeah. as these things have developed. Yeah, and it's it was called Doctor Christmas Music Workshop. It's been um, <laughs> True Colour Arts. It's been the Creative Arts Union. It's been Prime uh, Artist Agency, uh, Tall Orders, Arts and Media. Oh, <laughs> All these things, um, as we created offshoots and specialisms and like departments and everything else. I don't this even thing. know how you've come up with all these names. I mean, that, that's enough. Well, it's to... 25 years, you know. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, of lots of people all working together. Uh, and then uh, quite a few years ago, we said, look, should we just come up with a more generic name? So we went with the Creative and Cultural Company. Okay. Which has like all the same people still involved in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as uh, sort of specialists in their own bit and so formed a formed a board of advisors um and then surprised them at the sort of first annual meeting they had by telling them that i was resigning and so with the other guys <laughs> and we were good start we were making them directors as voluntary directors of the company so they couldn't ever profit from the company um, yeah. And did they still want to be involved and give their time, you know, once every yeah. every month or so, uh, to just have a meeting and steer the ship? Uh, and please, could I have a job uh, within it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much how it's it works. Clever. So I, I'm, I've been the chief executive since, 
and um, we're all volunteers. Yeah. Uh, but some some sort of core people, not the directors, but some mm. core staff, uh, get paid for certain stuff. Uh, so we have an administrator who's a fabulous bloke called John uh, John Bark. He, so he gets paid as an administrator for yeah. uh, a few hours a week. And uh, we have a sales manager, Rachel, she gets paid for um, a couple of days a week. Sophie, who's head of logistics and health and safety officer, obviously gets yes. paid <laughs> to do that stuff because, to me, it's mind-numbingly boring, but she, yeah, she actually it's, understands it. It's essential. <laughs> yeah. And so she gets a few hours a week. But um, And me as the chief executive, uh, I get paid for um, like a day a week as well. Um, and um, But we all work full-time because we just put the rest yeah. of the time in as volunteers. And... It works, yeah, and it has done, you know, for a lot of years now. So, so it's about the passion, isn't it? Then? Yeah, if, you know, it's not a, it's not a full time paid job. It's but it's a, it's it's a full time job. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all about the passion. I get about fifty quid a week from it. Yeah, uh, but I I work. I start at half eight every morning, yeah. uh, and usually do you know? I'd, I, yesterday I did eighteen hours. Um, you know, <laughs> it just depends on what he's doing. Yeah, and then. Um, we just started developing projects uh, with different people sort of leading on them. And one thing that there was clearly a need for was somewhere, somewhere to show the work that was being created by uh, the community projects yep. that we had. Okay. So we, we took, a, took on a, a disused shop. Uh, it was a, an, I think it was an old, um, it was an old TK Max, I think. But anyway, we took on, a, took on an old shop and turned it into a gallery space for several different projects to show at once. Right. And also there was there was other organisations, Kingston Art Group and uh, the Red Gallery and people like that, who didn't have gallery space in a prominent position in the city of Hull. Okay. Uh, so we took on this shop in a shopping centre, the one that's on stilts in the middle of Hull, yeah. as central as you can possibly get, called yeah. Princess Key. And we gave uh, them space within it as well, and they worked with us on it. And we all sort of helped to pay for it between us. And and then uh, yeah, we started uh, curating exhibitions. Um, Fantastic! I put together uh, curation committees and um, then sort of acted as a ref, and uh, and we we made <laughs> stuff happen and, and had lots of open exhibitions and just gave the artists of the area a theme and said yeah, just create something that, that just you, to encourage the work yeah and, yeah and show what's available that, that, that fits with what you think of when you think of that uh, in whatever medium you you do. Uh, and one thing that became quite noticeable was that there was a, a lot of people wanting to do photography and, mm. and sending work in that was photographic work, and um, and with the uh, with mobile phones becoming um, much better with its ca- with the cameras yeah. at that time, uh, people had almost everybody had a camera in their pocket. Yeah. So it seemed like a, a good way of um, expressing expressing yourself, and so we thought, well, we should encourage that means to means to produce and means yeah, to absolutely. express, and. So we thought well, we need to, we need to have a dedicated gallery just for the photography, and uh, we also started a project called uh, Hip Hip, which was Hull Independent Photography, and it had three parts to it. So there was a gallery to show the work. There was Hip Club, which was um, a school where people could actually learn, and there was Hip Fest, which was a festival uh, to uh, do once a year to sort of draw attention to the work and sort of bring yeah. the various exhibitions throughout the year together and, and make a big thing out of that. Um, Hip Club's been going for a lot of years now and uh, it's there's an 8 to 12s group, yeah. uh, 12 to 16s and then uh, now the adult version as well um, for the because parents wanted to do it. Yeah, kids, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's fantastic that it started as a youth thing and, yeah. and, and developed. That's, yeah, that's it started brilliant. with the eight-year-olds. One of our, one of our youngest ones, um, Daisy, uh, Daisy Squires, uh, she started. She was one of the first members, a founder member. Yeah. Uh, um, she's now twelve, right? And, do, and a veteran. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, five years on, and, and she's she's doing her third international exhibition now. That's amazing. Having that's... photography on a Saturday morning with us lot. That's she's brilliant. Great. She's doing she's doing one in Tel Aviv this year. She's doing one in Singapore. She did one in Edinburgh last year. My God, uh, she's doing really well. And in a thing called Guru Shots, uh, you go up in rankings as a photographer. Okay, uh, I think she's third from top, and she's twelve. Wow. Um, and we've had that, others do really, really well. That's, as well, that's you know. outstanding, isn't it? Yeah, it's stunning. Yeah, she, and, wow. and and we've had we've had others do extremely well as well. So we're doing very well with that, especially in street photography. Um, but um, we get a bit of support from Fuji with that. Uh, they've uh, great. 
give us some cameras to use with the kids. And um, But we don't have any funding. We don't have any public funds. We don't okay. use public funds. And we don't have any cash sponsors. Right. Um, we how, just, so how does this... Uh, the public, uh, we have a bucket in the gallery where yeah. the public will drop coins in. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, get some support from uh, East Street Arts, who are based in Leeds, and uh, they very kindly uh, give us some support. Uh, they find us spaces yeah. and make it possible for us to be in them. Um, some guys called Hammond's Associates do the same, and, and they're very good at finding us those spaces. Um, but uh, we get support from people like G.F. Smiths, who are a paper company. Right. Uh, okay. Experts in paper and uh, and paper products from that, but they have a long history of photographic work as well. So they um, they help us with printing and framing, and you know, so we've got all these great associations. And Princess yeah. Key themselves, the shopping centre, they support us. Um, so yeah, yeah, we we have these. That's, it's a real community thing then. Yeah, and it's it's funding in kind basically. You know, they do yeah. they have something that they've got and that they're really good at, and and we can make great use of it for the yeah. community. But Accidentally, we've created something which has become more than that. So it's become more than some of its parts, I suppose. And what happened is, we realised that there was no, there was very few international exhibitions yeah. or exhibitions which were real benchmark um, or just challenging uh, that were coming to Hull. Okay. And so we thought, well, why don't we? Call the gallery Hull International Photography Gallery to start yeah, with. Yeah. It's now called Hull Independent Photography Gallery. Okay. But it's still called so, yeah, sorry, I think I got that wrong at the start. Yeah. Well, that's fine because it's really confusing. It, it's still called HIP. Yes. So it's yeah. now Hull Independent Photography Gallery. It was okay. Hull International. Because um, we just thought, well, if we call it that, then maybe they'll come. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Field of dreams. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and we went and uh, we started a relationship about 12, 10 to 12 years ago with Rotterdam Arts Week. Right. And uh, spent a lot of time going backwards and forwards to Rotterdam. And it kind of worked, you know. We, we followed their lead. Um, well, I mean, it shows in some ways, like they, the walls of Hip Gallery are grey. Yeah. Uh, whereas most galleries are white. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that's because grey was actually really popular for galleries in uh, Belgium and Holland. Right. And, and we just thought, that looks great. That's, yeah. Because the, the walls kind of fall away. You don't notice the wall so much because it's not so bright. Yeah, that's a fair uh, point. The contrast isn't so high between the wall and the work. Yeah. So now in HIP, uh, the way that we do it is uh, we have white frames, white mounts on a grey wall. And then the work in the middle just pops yeah. you know, and you really see the work. So little things like that we've learned from them. Yeah. And we've now had, over the years, the most amazing photographers say, yeah, I'd actually quite like to show my work in HIP. Brilliant. So we've had uh, people like Doogie Wallace, who's like a legend in street photography these days, been on Sky TV and every other thing, uh, got a Magnum Award. Um, <laughs> yeah, he showed uh, Harrodsburg, he's probably his most well-known exhibition, he, he showed that in, in HIP. And uh, we've had uh, people like uh, John Bulmer, who has a BAFTA of his work with, with Van Gogh, and he, he showed uh, the North. Um, we've had uh, the patron of the gallery now is Matthew Finn, uh, Jailwood Photoworks Prize winner, um, okay. who did a, the premiere of his exhibition Mother on his mother's birthday at uh, Hipfest last year. Excellent. Uh, it's just superb work. It's now in National Portrait Gallery in the Tate. Um, that's that's a fantastic bit. To, you know, it's, it's a great accolade to have that. You know, yeah. that, that was when it was first shown. That's that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's great. And Freaky Hansen from Brussels, who's a patron of the festival, she's showed uh, uh, um, Diana's uh, for the first time in our, in our and our little gallery, and we just had all these amazing shows. Peter Dench is about to exhibit for the fourth time. He's got the World Press Photo Award. Uh, but he's still brilliant. coming and still yeah. still showing his work. I'm just about to show A1 Britain on the Verge, which is him travelling down the A1 talking to people about Brexit and uh, taking photos. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got some incredible stuff. Um, and I, I, I still can't quite... It doesn't quite sink in that um, we've had all these incredible people just yeah. become part of what we're doing and sort of lose their airs and graces as those that have a had any and, and, and just say, yeah, we could we could support this thing. Um, and, and I think they quite like the fact that it's very down-to-earth. It, yeah. It's sort of... It is community arts work. Yeah, it's accessible. I think yeah. that's that's one of the... You don't need, feel like you need a degree to walk in. No. Because the galleries are all in old shops. Yeah. And... We've tried some, yeah, I think that's what it is. But the thing is, as well, that uh, we we can also put on a world-class show. Yeah. Because over the years, we've learnt how. Yeah, you've got the, the years of experience. Yeah, we taught ourselves how. And um, and so they, they know they can get both. 
they can have a world class show uh, without the snobbery. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> and just feel like they can just um, come somewhere where they can relax. And anyone can just go in and look at their work and enjoy it. Fantastic, yeah. So Hitfest's coming up again, uh, fifth year. This time Great. it's the biggest uh, annual photography festival in the UK. And um, I, I, I do a thing called Photo City London as well, and, and I've brought that to Hitfest, so it's going to be sort of in the main ground floor area of the, of the shopping centre. Okay, and tell us about that. Well, Photo City uh, was last time it was in Saint, just outside St Paul's Cathedral in Paternoster Square. What um, a location! Yeah, <laughs> cracking. Yeah, twenty thousand people in a day. It was amazing. And I, I was asked to curate it. Um, Fuji uh, supported it, and uh, and I, you know, have a good relationship with Fuji, Fujifilm, and uh, and so um, I had five artists exhibiting on that on these blade walls down the middle of the square, which was brilliant. With a trade yeah. show that went with it as well with. Um, uh, leaf filters and uh, people like that, like that, and so I thought, well, what can we do to to try and um, uh, make Hipfest even more interesting this year? Okay. Uh, so Photo City is actually going to be in the big event space outside all of the galleries in the middle of the shopping centre. Brilliant. Uh, it's Brilliant. just give <laughs> people a shock, really. It's yeah, like, yeah. The blade walls are going to be right through the middle of the shopping centre. Um, and then all of the galleries go off that. So on level one, on the ground floor, we've got Hip Gallery, which is our lead. Uh, and in Hip, this time, we've got uh, Pop by Brian Griffin. Okay. Brian Griffin, for those who don't know, was ph- photographer of the decade in The Guardian. His photo of uh, an album cover of Depeche Mode was his photo of the decade. Uh, that's one of the ones in, on show. Uh, Excellent. Along with portraits of... It's not a name that I know, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure I will have seen his stuff. Well, yeah, he, he's, he was a music photographer most famous for his work sort of from late 70s and through the 80s. Great. Um, so we've got portraits of uh, Brian Ferry, Susie Sue, uh, just a Devo, um, <laughs> Pash Mode, uh, I don't know, Iggy Pop. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, loads. Uh, it's going to be great. That, yeah, that sounds fantastic. So that that's sort of bringing the two to bringing your two worlds together, I guess. Yeah, because the yeah, music uh, and the photography. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a music photographer, obviously. And, yeah. um, so that was great to be able to curate that. And then uh, next door to that, we have Art Space One, which is Creighton Cultural Space One for the Creighton Cultural Company, uh, which is also a Lomography Embassy, uh, Embassy Number 176 in the world. Right. Uh, and so we've got the uh, Lomo Wall, which is the 25th anniversary uh, Lomo Wall, and then we also have in there uh, the Hipfest Open. So anybody local who wanted to put their work in has, yeah. has got opportunity. So that's been curated into there, and then. On the next floor up, uh, oh, and that is also the level, level one is also where Photo City is, obviously. Okay. And we have the Photo City stage there with the Photo City screen, great big screen. We'll have uh, discussions on there about things like um, art versus technology in the, in the photo world. Do you like cameras or do you like photos, basically? Yeah, okay. And it's strange that some people like one or the other. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> That'll be happening in the in the main area with um, the Photo City exhibition, which has got loads of incredible photographers in that. Uh, the Care International exhibition. We support a cause, a particular cause, every year. Okay. This time it's um, it's Land with Care, and so there is five international photographers in that, all women who have gone and done documentary photography in places like India. Uh, we will be showing um, five of five of those artists work in that. Fantastic. Uh, then, what else we got? That's where the trade show is. So there'll be Fujifilm there. There'll be leaf filters. There'll be others. Um, next level up in this shopping centre, <laughs> we have uh, the Hipfest Knowledge Space, which will have uh, lots of masterclasses in it. Okay. Uh, people like uh, Elke, who's flying in from Germany. Um, uh, just yeah, there's six, there's over fifty uh, learning opportunities. Over fifty Fantastic. events. Fantastic. For people to come and get involved in. Yeah, there's photo walks, master classes, workshops, you know, learn all kinds of things, lighting, yeah. street photography, whatever you want to do. Uh, and there'll be talks in there as well, uh, things like um, we're having a chat about mental health and photography, that kind of thing. So that's the knowledge space. Also in the knowledge space, there's an exhibition of Hip Club. So the kids that were mentioned earlier in yeah, the yeah. as well, uh, all their work will be on the walls. Also on that level, so that's uh, space 1B. Uh, space 2 is up there, which will be... Britain on the Verge, uh, Peter yeah. Lynch. And um, also on that level, we have the other half of the open exhibition. Then on level three, 
we have got uh, Celine Marchbank, Stranger in My Mother's Kitchen, which is an incredibly... Uh, so that's a great name. I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very, very moving piece. It's, it's, um, it's her photographing um, uh, after her after Tulip, which was a previous exhibition about her mother passing away from cancer. This is the one that follows that. And she is... Is she the stranger in her mother's yeah. kitchen? Or is, um, is is it something else? It's, it's mm. hard to tell. And uh, and she she finds recipes in her mother's kitchen and then decides to cook as a way of dealing with grief. And yeah, as a way working of, through it and yeah, reconnecting. Yeah. So she's and taking photographs along the way. So that's that yeah. exhibition. It's brilliant. Uh, that's in Creative and Cultural Space 4. Creative and Cultural Space 5 has got Scott Acos, who is uh, an expert at taking photographs of people body popping and breakdancing because he's a breakdancer himself. He's a B-boy. Brilliant. Uh, it's called that Still. And it's called Still, I think, because um, you know he's caught them in mid-move. Yeah. Uh, and in the, that's going to be on the walls. Okay. In the middle, we have got uh, Ian J. Jackson, who is originally from Hull but has Mum and Dad Studios in London. Uh, he's got his exhibition, which is uh, his Kawasaki exhibition. It's a, it basically it's a rave in Japan, right? Uh, with all <laughs> ages there dancing. Okay. And he, him in the middle of it, uh, spinning around with his camera, catching stuff. Uh, Excellent. And then that. T- turning that into graphics <laughs> with a sound wave, so it's, and putting it into a light box. A full installation then. Yeah, light box installation. Brilliant. So he's in the middle of uh, that one. Then the space six, which I'm very excited about, which is Marilyn Stafford. It's going to be a premiere. First time this work will have been shown in the North, or at all, because uh, I've curated this body of work, uh, of her fashion work. She's 91. Yeah. She'll be at the festival. Uh, I'm going to do an interview with her to whoever wants to turn up and listen. Um, she has also let us have her first photograph, uh, which is of Einstein, a portrait of Einstein. That's and we're giving that to hip club kids to put somewhere in the festival for yeah. people to find. Wow! But her, like a treasure hunt. Yeah, but her, <laughs> yeah. people will just come across it somewhere yeah, yeah. at the festival and think, "Is that Einstein?" Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, huh. Marilyn is an incredible person. She has not had anything like the recognition she she, she deserves okay. as a photographer. Yeah, she should be legendary, but it hasn't happened for various reasons. And uh, she was one of the first women photographers in Fleet Street, paving the way for others. Wow. Every commission was hard fought. Yeah. Balancing family against work as yeah. well. And in 1948, she was in, she was in New York around that time. Okay. Met a group of guys making a film about Einstein. And they had a DSLR, a uh, reflex camera actually, and, yeah. they, and they said... We'll show you how to use it in the back of the car on the way down to make this documentary. If you'll take photos with us of us doing what we're doing, you know. So she took portraits of Einstein. Wow! And that was her first go at photography. Wow! She was a singer at the time in a club in Paris. Uh, so she ended up being in Paris. She was singing in Paris. Yeah. Um, around nineteen forty-eight with uh, Edith Piaf. Okay. And we got to be friends with with her and uh, and her. Friends, you know, Lee Marvin, yeah. people like that, and um, started taking <laughs> photos. She lost her voice and um, had to think of photography as now being a bit yeah. more serious. And she was lucky enough to meet uh, Henry Cartier Bresson um, and Kappa as well, who started Magnum and got to be friends with them. And, they, and that friendship uh, and supportive relationship helped her along. In fact, Cartier Bresson brokered her um, first commission with the Observer. Wow. And so she ended up um, taking photos for Paris fashion houses. Uh, she was um, shooting for Chanel. So if, if, if you know fashion history in, in uh, the 50s... Uh, I don't, but peg, educate me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> off the peg clothing became, just started to happen. Before, right. before the war... Before the Second World War, you know, clothes were made to measure. And, yeah. And, uh, but afterwards, off the peg started happening. And young, that world was being challenged by young designers with flamboyant new designs yeah. uh, that um, people could just buy off the peg. And so she started photographing this uh, for Chanel, for Bieber and others. Moved to London and um, took like early photos of people like Joanna Lumley and Twiggy and... Wow. Uh, and these models and what uh, a life and the explosion <laughs> of fashion in, yeah. in London where it became 
you know, uh, anything goes. Yeah, Led by yeah. the miniskirt. Yeah. And so I've picked that particular work uh, from, uh, you know, photos taken outside the Louvre to uh, photos taken, you know, um, like the famous lace dress of Bieber and... Uh, and Joanna Lumley sat with other models waiting to do yeah. shoots. Uh, so it's great work. The Twiggy's one of the main photos in there as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've put together a little uh, a little exhibition, and um, hopefully people would like like to see that. Yeah. So, so just just the stories behind it are amazing. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. She's such an incredible woman. And I met her completely by accident. I, I got to. I've only spoken to her on the phone, and, and we've we've come quite. Good friends, I, almost instantly. Thanks to a fellow called Jeff Brockate, who um, exhibited at last year's festival. Right. Okay. Jeff's an Australian photographer. He's a superb bloke, but he's also a Buddhist, and so am I. Right. Okay. And, he's, and he said, "I know another photographer who's Buddhist. She's, she's called Marilyn Stafford," and uh, he introduced us. Brilliant. And next thing you That's... know, she said, yeah, "Yeah, you could curate some of my work. Of course you can." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What, what do you do with that? <laughs> well, I realised the opportunity, but what? Wow! Well, what, my my what team were fabulous, volunteers and, and brilliant people who I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by at Creative and Cultural Company. They pointed out that um, this festival will include my hundredth exhibition I'll have curated. And, um, nice milestone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to say which one that is. Okay. But um, <laughs> somewhere within the, right. this, this festival will be the hundredth. You know, it could be popped by Brian Griffin. It could be, um, you know, a fashion retrospective uh, from Marilyn Stafford, uh, which is from Hope Couture to the birth of Preta Porter. So it's pretty special, is that one? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I hope uh, hope people get into that. Absolutely. Well, a there's it sounds absolutely fantastic. It sounds like. You, but B, I'm I'm impressed that you've managed to remember where everything is. Um, oh yeah, that's that's that's, that's my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Make sure it all works. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Genuinely, it sounds like a fantastic thing. There's yeah. so much going on. Um, I hope people come and have a look. Well, there's over guess. over a hundred local volunteers from yeah. from Yorkshire uh, who are in, involved, and there's also well over a hundred photographers from uh, from the Yorkshire area Brilliant. who are exhibiting. That's, that's fantastic. It's, it's a great, you know, it's, it's a great thing for you, I guess, to be a part of. You get to work with all these amazing people. But again, going back, you, you get to meet loads of local artists and loads of them and see the, the talent that's, some that's around. Some are incredible. And, and the point of it, the reason why we do the festival, is because it's, you know, it's a direct, it's direct action. If we want um, local photographers to be able to exhibit alongside the greats. Yeah. of the world yeah. then we better get the greats of the world stick them in the gallery and stick our guys in there yeah as well. absolutely you know instead of wishing wishing just, that it would happen they just yeah. need to do it yeah <laughs> brilliant and yeah great to see that you are so that, that's fantastic yeah. um, well thank you very much it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you yeah, it's been a lot of fun um, yeah um, is there where, where can people find out about everything hipfest.co.uk Okay. Is, uh, is the the place to go. Uh, the festival is uh, always the first weekend in October, so uh, it starts then. So fifth of October to the twenty eighth. First weekend is going to be unmissably brilliant, and then all the exhibitions stay until the twenty eighth, and we spread the workshop program out from there. Great. Um, and then the galleries open all year round. Yeah, they're open all year round. Hip Gallery is, and uh, Creighton Cultural Space One is. Uh, just come and get involved. Yeah. If you want some work experience, come and volunteer. If you want to learn to if you curate something, put up your own exhibitions, anything like that, come and join one of our clubs or groups that's going on. And if you just want to see some great art and you're passing through a hall, um, take half an hour and come yeah. and check it out. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. So there it is. Alan Raw of BBC introducing West Yorkshire and Humberside and curator of the Hip Gallery. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that. He's a very interesting man. He was very welcoming and it was great to go hang out at the BBC studios in Leeds uh, very late at night. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that and please do check out you know, the BBC introducing wherever you are. Um, if you're not in the country um, or there isn't a BBC introducing site for you, um, then check out, just pick a random city 
and type in BBC Introducing and then add that city and see what, what's available in that city. Take a day trip, take a weekend, go and see some you know, new upcoming live music. There's so much of it available. There's so many good artists out there. It's genuinely opened my eyes as to what's available in the city that I've lived in for over a decade. Um, and genuinely, I've missed a lot of amazing stuff. So it's a valuable resource, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about it. Also, take the time to go to Hull. Go have a look at the um, the Hip Gallery. It's a fantastic venue. There's so much good work going on there. And yeah, have a look and see see if there's anything that catches your eye. We've just had um, hip-hop art there, um, which which looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and whilst you're there, whilst you're in Hull, may as well check out The Deep. I always enjoy that. It's a good time. Um, next week is the last episode of 2018. Um, there will be a one-week break because I'm going to be very busy with family um, for Christmas. But do join me for next week. Um, got a great, great guest. Um, lovely speaking to him. Um, and I shall let you know about that shortly. But thank you very much for joining me and good night.